Well, let's move on. And Dr. Cole, I uh, want to discuss a topic. We've got a great guest on the line, a topic that I've been wanting to do for a while. It is about trigger point dry needling. Have you ever had that done? I have not, but I have a lot of patients that have. And for certain conditions, it's been really kind of evolutionary because there's things that we just can't seem to get better. But when we've used it, it's had a huge impact on the outcomes of our patients in therapy. Yes. And following the shoulder surgery that you performed on me, Dr. Cole, I went to Athletico and um, got together with one of their best uh, physical therapists, Carson Lux, who really took care of me inside the Athletico facilities, uh, he was great, and he did the trigger point dry needling, and I swear by it, and I've recommended it to people, and let's bring Carson on the line right now. He's a ther- physical therapist with Athletico in Naperville, more than 30 years of experience in sports medicine, wide variety of specialties ranging from hip, knee, and shoulder injuries to movement impairments of all types of athletes, range from soccer, football, runners, to CrossFit and strength athletes. Carson has multiple specialty certifications in movement analysis, as well as kettlebell instruction, and of course being certified in trigger point dry needling. So Carson Lux, thanks so much for joining us here on Sports Medicine Weekly. Uh, Tell our listeners exactly uh, what is dry needling. Well, Steve, the way I describe dry needling is I break it into its component parts. It's called trigger point dry needling. So what is a trigger point and what is a dry needle? So a Trigger point is basically the connection between your central nervous system to all of your muscles. And that's where we get constant motor signals giving us resting muscle tone and the ability to move and adjust to our environment at a second's notice. And so sometimes those trigger points due to injury, due to surgery, due to repetitive stresses or postures, um, they can become hyperactivated and these muscles become tight. And what happens is I use a dry needle, which is a monofilament needle. It's a solid needle. So it's a very, very thin needle, not like what you would see if Dr. Cole was giving you an injection or you're having blood draw. And what I do with this needle is I insert it into the trigger point, which is basically a a collection of knots that cause and produce pain in this pain cycle. Carson, does it, do patients complain about it? It seems like they, they, they don't mind it. And it seems, you know, a lot of patients don't get like, you know, blood draws, things like that. They complain about that, but they don't seem to complain about this. No, they really don't. The, the needles are very, very thin. Um, and they don't really complain about the insertion of the needle. What I do hear complaints about is the feeling of like an electrical shock or uh, quote-unquote cramping in the muscle when they feel the muscle twitch because the muscle twitch is a key piece of an appropriate needling treatment because that means you've kind of disrupted that pain cycle when you get that twitch response. 95% of the time, the one word that everybody describes the needling as is simply weird. (laughs) It is. When I had it done, uh, it it takes a little bit getting used to, but um, I, you know, again, it it was neat. It's it's a little different when it first happens. I want to ask you, though, Carson, is dry needling the same as acupuncture? No, it's not, Steve. It's uh, the use of acupuncture needles, but it's the use of that Eastern tool through 
our Western medical model. So it's based upon knowing anatomical landmarks, knowing the physiology, knowing where it's safe to needle, um, knowing what type of medications a patient may be on, you know, like blood thinners, you know, you have to be very, very careful. You have to be careful if you're needling in the, what we call the lung field, because you don't want to puncture a lung, but it's, it's a very different technique. Again, we're visiting with Carson Lux, some athletic co in Naperville, a physical therapist, talking about trigger point dry needling. He's fully certified. Dr. Cole, you have a question? No, I was just curious. Um, how long does it take to work? Like how many sessions? Let's just, I've used it, for example, for people who have recurrent hamstring injuries, Carson. And mm-hmm. I'm just curious, in your experience, you know, you know, when you add it to other things that you do, modalities and other, you know, traditional therapy, you know, activities, how many sessions do you think it typically takes? Well, typically it can take um, three to four sessions. Um, sometimes I do have patients report immediate relief, and it depends if it's a small muscle strain or uh, a cervicogenic headache, um, and I can treat those. Those can respond very, very quickly. Um, I've had patients that come in with a very, very tight, restricted joint, typically a shoulder, and I can needle that and I can get a significant improvement in range of motion within one treatment. But typically, the effect is more cumulative because you have to reach a threshold to truly disrupt and interrupt that pain cycle. So what other types of conditions can you treat, Carson, with the dry needling? Typically, Steve, I can treat any musculoskeletal condition whether it's an acute condition like an immediate hamstring strain or more of a chronic condition like low back pain. Um, I can treat headaches, whether they're migraine headaches or tension-type headaches. Um, but again, it's that's what makes trigger point dry needling unique and separate from acupuncture because acupuncture is a very viable technique, but they treat things such as depression and nausea and a lot of other conditions that trigger point dry needling does not address. And Carson, finally, if uh, people want to get it, do all the athletical locations uh, have therapists that are trained with it or is it just a, you know, a few of them? No, it's uh, much more uh, isolated than that, Dr. Cole. Um, We have around 100 clinicians in Athletico that are certified in dry needling, and we have more people going through training cohorts all the time. But it is a pretty rigorous specialty technique that takes a lot of training. Carson, there's really no downside, though, right? I mean, no after effects of any sort? No. What you There's no long-lasting after effects. Um, what you can get is it's not uncommon for you to get some bruising sometimes or you even hit a capillary, which you get a little bit of bleeding. And then what you do is you simply apply pressure to the area, reestablish homeostasis, and the bleeding stops. Because the needle is so small, there's no long-term effects. But what you do get is... When you've got an area that's very tight and responds to the dry needling where you get that twitch response, you're causing a release of a localized pocket of lactic acid. So I frequently tell my patients, say you've had a really, really hard workout, and say in that period 12 to 36 hours after that, you get that really intense muscular soreness, what produces that is lactic acid. So when I needle someone, they may get that type of soreness that can last for a few hours or even into the next day. But typically that goes away as that lactic acid works its way through the body.
Can it ever work on feet? Does it ever help a plantar fasciitis uh, situation? Yes, it does. I've needled feet wow. on many times. Occasionally, I've needled my own. Wow. And then, Dr. Cole, obviously, you do the uh, a lot, a ton of ACLs uh, every year, the reconstructive surgeries and ACL and uh, meniscus tears and everything. And, and um, is this something that, you know, Carson, that you would take care of knees or is it more, more shoulders and, and feet, as you're saying, and, and maybe hands? No, I would use it with knees also. Um, okay. Frequently, there are instances where we get patients that come in with whether it's an ACL or even what we call pre-patellar pain or patellofemoral pain. Um, There's many, many names for it, and Dr. Cole can elaborate on this. But there's a small muscle that can sometimes um, be uh, quite difficult to locate, and it can have quite a profound effect. It's called the genuarticularis. It's a small muscle underneath the quadricep that's function is to just at the split second before you go to extend your knee, it contracts and it pulls the fat pad behind the kneecap up out of the way. And sometimes if that muscle is locked up in any way and tight and not contracting correctly, the needling can help correct that so it can help move the fat pad appropriately. If that fat pad's getting caught in the way, that can contribute to a lot of that vague complaints of anterior knee pain. And Dr. Cole, I'm sure you're aware of that, huh? Absolutely. Yeah, no, we've had really good success with that application. Carson, thanks. I actually learned a lot. I appreciate it. Oh, you're very, very welcome. I appreciate coming on your show. Thank you. Great stuff from Carson Lux. Again, a physical therapist with Athletico, athletico.com. And Carson Lux is uh, at the Naperville facility right off of uh, Ogden and Washington. And uh, again, I highly recommend that he did a Marvelous job on uh, the um, conditioning and physical therapy work on on my uh, surgically repaired shoulder. So thanks so much, Carson. Great job. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Dr. Cole. All right. Carson Luxem, Athletico. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back, it's our Ask the Doctor segment. Got an interesting one from one of our listeners. So stay with us. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly, only on 670 The Score. <laughs> 